The Neutral Position presents the wrap-up with Nick Palmashano. Hey guys, this is Nick Palmashano, and today I am joined by Hollywood Herd and Dan the Axe Mercer. We're going to talk about the weekly wrap, and I'm going to start by talking about Russia. And so, uh, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but uh, this is a weird one for me. You know, so you you had you had the Wagner group uh, essentially push all the way to Moscow and then just stop. And if you know anything about Russian politics, like you you can't half heartedly coup and expect to live. And so um like, I find it very hard to believe that this was like a straight up coup. Okay, so so I, I was actually this morning trying to read a little bit about that because I, I, I've seen headlines and stuff. I thought it sounded interesting. So explain to someone who's not entirely filled in on the topic what exactly happened. Yeah, so so Russia Russia is a very weird situation. So like, you know, as if you've been paying attention to anything, their military is not great. You know, they have capabilities, they have technological capabilities and they right. have and they have nukes. Right. But, um, you know, when you have a corrupt country, money gets filtered. So like, you know, every, you know, we're corrupt just like anyone else. But like still the lion's share of our military budget goes to the military. Right. There is a standard. And and we also have an expectation in America that our sons and daughters are going to come home alive. Like you, we don't do too well with like, oh yeah, a bunch of tanks started catching on fire and your kids died. Like right. no, we're not up for that. The way it's kind of a little more acceptable in Russia. Yeah. So like even at the height of the Cold War, like when I when I visited uh, uh, what what had been the Soviet Union in '93, and I I got to see some of the military stuff, and I was shocked at like how flimsy the armor was. You know, I mean, it was, it, you know, it, there was armor, but like you could actually like bend it a little bit mm -hmm. versus like if you ever touch an American vehicle. I mean, it's like you re you know, mm -hmm. this thing's going to protect something. So like the Russians back in the day would put all their money into uh, like the offensive capability. So they would build guns that could hurt our vehicles, but like they didn't protect their people right. from basically anything but small arms fire. Yeah, like um, some of the uh, radar tracking systems on the guns, there was no shielding to the troops that were operating them. So while they're running the radar to track fighters, they're getting zapped with all of this RF energy, which is basically cooking their insides. And there was a huge uh, issue with hundreds of Russian troops being killed and getting cancer and getting all Get these sterile and sterile everything because there was no shielding put in you know for the troops it was all about putting the money into the vehicles the blackjack bomber um which was a comparison comparative to the b1 they couldn't use the oxygen system because the oxygen system was actually was poison so they had to fly without using their oxygen system in the airplane you know they couldn't put their mask up because it was you know it was uh, fucked up but that's that's they just had to deal with that that's how they did because russia does not care about the troops well they get a lot of people yeah you know, yeah yeah it's just like it's the same china mentality like when you have essentially infinite people and um you don't really have the means to kind of like defend yourself as an individual and well, I don't, we I sacrificed don't, 20 million people, but we won. Yeah, but instead we, of, but we won. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So Which is crazy. So that mentality, you know, has led to like a not very professional military. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that with the fact that like, I mean, they like Russia should have been able to steamroll Ukraine. Yeah. Like we would have steamrolled Ukraine. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that it wouldn't have been 10 times worse than like Iraq for us, mm-hmm. you know, because it would have been like a constant bloody insurrection. And I've said this many times, even if even if Russia wins and takes Ukraine, it's going to be the worst mistake they've ever made. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why Ukraine should have been able to stop the Russian advance. Yeah. But they're just not a professional military. The way that they've essentially gotten around not having the ability to really, you know, logistically have a military is they've poured money, you know, into the the Wagner group. Which, which is a mercenary group, right? Yeah, think think Blackwater, but like massive. I, I know everyone likes to give Blackwater a lot of crap and some of it certainly was earned, but like Blackwater with no morals, you know, like no morals. Right. Are um, they they're Russians? They're Russians. Okay. They're Chechnyans. They're Chechen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the old Eastern Bloc countries. Gotcha. A lot of them are criminals. You know, this is your chance to. But again, like it's not for like the greater good. Like most, like the Russian controlled areas or influenced areas of like Africa. It's all Wagner Group. It's how big is the Wagner Group? It's significant. Yeah. I don't know exact numbers. I should know. We could ask Cam to look that up on his phone. Cam, look that up on your phone. I think but I mean it's it's yeah. a significant entity. Okay. And so they started using the Wagner Group in earnest, you know, at the Ukraine border. When they didn't weren't successful, right? When they or- weren't when they weren't successful. Yeah. So uh, Prigozhin, the the uh, head of the Wagner Group, ostensibly was leading this coup that he led all the way up to the edge of Moscow, and then just stopped. What, what was his motivation yeah. for that? What what made him decide to do that? Well, this is this is where it all gets blurry, right? So there's a few things that are like on the table, and and so like if we think about the most, all right, the most likely course of action is let's let's put it in military terms the most likely course of action is that he got he got pissed off he got fired up putin did something he pushed to the border to make a point putin backed off they came to some kind of agreement right that's the most likely like the most likely is what we all think kind of happened and when you say push to the border and a coup was there were actual there was actual like fighting and and there wasn't there wasn't to my knowledge, there wasn't any significant bloodshed. Okay. But just basically like the vehicles, the weapon systems, I all of that. I they left you. the they left the border of Ukraine. Okay. And all they right. pushed to Moscow. And just like, here we are. Cam has something to say. Fifty thousand. And how big is the Russian military? All right. Look that up. Look yes. it up, Cam. I believe in you. All right. So, so fifty thousand. But yep. these are these are much more violent, much more. These are yeah, these troops than the normal Russian guy that's been put into conscription. You know that one hundred percent. Do you know what they were? This is I don't want to go down too far of a rabbit hole. Do you know what the Wagner Group was doing before they were hired by Russia? Are they just mercenaries that? No, they're a mercenary group that that stood up essentially for Russia. Oh, they were created. Yeah, just Correct. like just like Blackwater, just like Triple Canopy, any of the ones that we have here. Ah, uh, okay, I they got. They were it. like a bunch of private contractors that got together. They under served this guy. They served in the military, and then they were like, "Hey, we'll start a contracting company." Yeah, I'm saying like, how how old is is um 
is the Wagner Group? Is it something new? Is it 10 years, 20 years? I, I don't know. It's, I it's been around for a little <laughs> while. How long has the Wagner Group been around? We're just going to keep giving Cam yeah, questions. Um, but the thing I, about I it is, the, as has been proven, the normal Russian soldier, not very good. Yeah. Not very motivated, not very professional, right? Yeah. They like have they have a they have a skilled special operation. 2014. Correct. Yeah. You know, so. But that's not who they used in Ukraine. So far, it's been new people to Ukraine. So as of April, so they it looks like they started around 2014 with like a you know handful of people, 250 people. March 2016, a thousand. December 17, six thousand. April 22, eight thousand. December 22, fifty thousand. So they must have had a bunch of people hired. Yeah, they plussed yeah. up for. Yeah, for I wonder what that hiring process was like. I'm sure it was nothing but the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. De De definitely. Debbie, I, Debbie and HR worked overtime. Definitely uh, diversity hires, equality. So what you know, do you think the conspiracy is? Okay. Well, so here, so here, let, let me, let's get let's get back to that. So so there's a few options. So like option one and this is like deep state kind of stuff, is that Putin needed, because uh, he does have rivals, like there are rival gangs. You should think about like Russia as gangs. Okay, so he's got rival gangs that operate outside of Moscow and his gang kind of runs Moscow. So there is one school of thought that thinks, you know, maybe Putin was setting all of this up to basically start putting pointing fingers at rival gangs like you let these guys blow right through your areas you know and he might use this as like momentum for his upcoming election not that his elections aren't fixed but right there's a limit to fixing right, right you know so that's one school of thought is that this was political theater another school of thought is as part of the deal you know wagner group has to go to belarus Right. Like you can either join the Russian military or you have to go to Belarus. Well, Belarus is situated in such a way that it actually cuts off if they were. They, they have cleaner avenues to cut off some of NATO's lines, you know, logistics lines into Ukraine. And also now you're putting essentially a standing army closer to other NATO allies. Is this all theater in order to easily move troops to a place where you'd rather have them without setting off, you know, alarm bells everywhere? And, you know, or, and even if, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not the smartest person. There are brilliant people that think only about this. I'm not an expert in the region or anything like that. I've just been there a few times. So it's not like any of this is like things other people haven't thought about. But what it allows, what it would allow is Putin to just say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're obviously not building up an army there. I just had to expel these people from Moscow because they tried to have a coup. But I, I just think, you know, uh, I don't think Wagner Group would stop because if he's really Putin's enemy, he's going to end up dead. Oh, without a question. Without, yeah. without a question. And he knows that. So if he's really Putin's enemy, then he wouldn't have stopped outside the, you know, the, yeah. the city and limits the, of and Moscow. The, and, and the other thing that it allows is, let's say, you know, Wagner Group does something to a NATO country or, or blows up supply lines or whatever. Then Putin can say, I've been having trouble with this. You. This motherfucker, like, 
we're going to kill him because, you know, if it doesn't go his way. Like, so, you know, if you think the only reason I consider conspiracy theories in a place like Russia is you have to be a lot more astute and cunning to survive there. Like here, our politicians can be idiots. They can steal from us. They can lie to our faces. They can do all these things. And like, as you, as you've seen with, I mean, look at, look at our, our current president, our last president, you know, you, like these are th like, they've committed crimes that any of us would go, would be in prison for. They're, they're both likely to get away with it. I mean, go back. I mean, think about all the presidents that have just done things that are like, we'd be in prison, you know, but forget about it. We don't even have to go that high. Like you look at Congress, the things that they do on a daily basis, what is what are the ramifications? None of these people end up dead. I mean, these people, you think about it, these people create like, you know, 20 year wars that they then brute like lose. You know, our people have died. They're running up a debt. Like, I mean, if this was somewhere else, these people would be disappearing. Oh, absolutely. If they, if they were doing this in Russia, yeah. they'd be disappearing every single day. They'd be disappearing, you know? Like, you know, I think to be, for Putin to be in power, as long as he has, I mean, you know, you know he is a brilliant dude. Like, I'm not saying he, you know, like he's not, sometimes people. Uh, think because you're bad, you're stupid. I'm not saying he's Albert Einstein either. Like, you know, he, but I do think he is very good at staying in power and staying alive. And so, you know, Pergozin has to know that. Like, if I'm going after Putin, you know, which, I, which I'm not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first here on the rap. Nick Palmashano calls out Putin. No, but if I'm, if I'm going after Putin, I got to go until he's gone because otherwise I'm going to end up dead. So the only way he doesn't end up dead in my mind is there there's a plan between the two of them. But that doesn't right, mean that he right. still might not end up right. dead. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation and what's most interesting about it of course is that it's not the Russian politics because I don't I don't care who ends up running the show right. there. But it it does it affects Ukraine, which affects NATO, which affects Europe, which affects us. I mean, I find it very interesting how little we're talking about the Ukraine war. Right. Because, I mean, this is a resurgence of the Soviet, Soviet aggression. You know, like this is this is this could be like a real problem. And you can argue who started it and NATO expands. You can argue all these things. But really, at the end of the day, it's, you know, do you want this kind of world to expand or do you? do you like Western democracy? You know, I mean, that's the fundamental question. And we're, we're not super worried about it. There was a quote that used to be in our squadron, and I wish I could remember it better, and I can't, but it was some Russian major, some uh, Soviet major said, the Soviet Union will fall and pretend that we are impotent. And as the rest of the world de-escalates, we will slowly build ourselves back up until it is time for us to retake control of the world. You know, about, and it, it's exactly kind of like what's going on right now. Russia's showing they're very, very weak. Everybody is, you know, taking Russia for, you know, except for those that know, taking Russia for granted. And you can see behind the scenes the attempted resurgence of the way the Soviet Union used to be. So I, I don't I don't think they're strong in the way that we think about strength, but they're never not gonna be a player. There are too many natural resources and and they have nukes, you know, I mean, 
They have huge land area. There's a lot of things they have going for. I mean, it, very, very similar to us in terms of, you know, natural resources and, and massive geography, but they're butted right up against Europe, you know, and I, I know we're right now we're, you know, we're definitely in a isolationist kind of mentality. Like we don't want to be involved in the world's BS. And this happens to us from time to time, especially after wars and especially after long wars. And but like if there was ever a war we need to win, it is the ideological one along that border. Like we like Russia can't expand like the you, Russia China way of of life. If that expands, then then our way of life shrinks and we've got a good gig having been to lots of places. This is about as good as it gets. Do you think the people in Europe, since we don't, we don't hear. Yeah. Do you think they're freaking out? Yeah. Yeah. The European countries, you know, we never hear about that over here because, you know, because of our news and they've got to be terrified. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not going to speak for other people, right. let alone entire countries, but I mean, it, it is very telling that like Finland joined NATO. I mean, they've they've avoided joining NATO forever. You know, in a world where everyone is rational, wars don't happen. You know, we talk about like everyone's like, oh, you know, he's he be rational or he's a rational player. No one's rational. You know, like people have, you know, pride plays into things. And if a country has something that you want. You know, what are you willing to do to get it? You know, and everybody has different approaches to this. You know, China's approach is we're going to overwhelm that country economically and essentially install a puppet government through powerful economic. You know, they're not they're not shooting people, so to speak. But uh, but, you know, Russia's a little more overt. You know, they're they're willing to they're willing to go to war to get their way. And this uh, this Pergozin guy's got an interesting story. Do you yeah, know his background. I do. But Sold go, hot dogs tell, for a while. Tell us all about. Tell us about a big Dan. Yeah. Well, uh, now he, that you've you've read about Russia for the first time while at the that's table. right. I'm an expert, um, <laughs> Russian scholar. Um, no, it, it's apparently his story is that you know he 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 spent his late teens and early twenties in in prison for he was for theft for illegal hot dog selling. Yeah. Well, when he got out, he started some hot dog stands. And one thing led to another. And I guess uh, he started getting these government contracts like cater stuff for like Putin and and all this stuff. Um, and then I guess he got in with the Russian elite and became their guy. And then he uh, started this this Wagner group. But I don't think people knew he started it until more recently. Um, but I also read that he was behind some of the 2016 Internet stuff in the election. Or at least the United States believes that that he was running like the like the internet troll farms and stuff. So interesting story. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that they're in cahoots or that. I mean, it, I guess they've been friends in the past. They, you know, but maybe maybe working together is. Uh, I know exactly what that's between, like. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Me too. So yeah, he might be putting us on, but uh, ha! putting us on. On that note, Russia. Is it going to be a, uh, you know, is what we see what we get? Is this a political maneuver for the next election? Or are they militarily building up for a two-front war against Ukraine? Time will tell. 
Hey guys, Diesel Jack Media has just opened up our new studio. And while we're getting things spun up, I've tasked the team with making as many videos as possible. To kick that off, we are launching a limited time $500 video option. Here's the way it works. You go to dieseljackmedia.com under video production, choose the $500 video, purchase it for $500. You get to choose one of three things. How weird do you want the video? Do you want it normal? Do you want it a little funky? Or do you want it weird as f Once you choose that, you reach out to us at hello at dieseljackmedia.com. We'll write you if you don't write us and we'll ask you to send us your product or tell us about your service. Then we execute. You don't get any say in the matter. We turn it around in one week. It's going to be a high quality video that you can absolutely use in an advertisement, depending on how weird you wanted it. And that's it. And so far it's been a phenomenal product. We've made a lot of small businesses happy. If you're a small business and you need a video on the cheap featuring your product, featuring your service, or just as a joke to one of your friends or something like that, the $500 video at dieseljackmedia.com is the way to go. Hollywood, what are we talking about next? Are you ready to rumble? In this corner, Elon Musk. <laughs> and in this corner, that guy from Facebook. What do you think, Nick? Well, we talked about this last week when Dan and I were alone. So damn it. But you know. we'll still we'll tilt we'll still talk about it because it's fun to talk Zuckerberg, about. Zuckerberg, I'm still waiting. So this is the third time of course. The rumor you. on the street is that these guys are gonna headline UFC <laughs> 300. <laughs> and if you've ever been, if you've ever been to one of the big UFC, so 100, 200, like these events were huge. I was at 100 in person. Uh, that was like Brock Lesnar time frame. They're enormous events. They're bigger than usual UFCs, which are already big. So this, you know, UFC 300 with those guys headlining. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I will buy it. And I haven't, I Absolutely. like, I know this sounds weird because I'm, I'm a big MMA guy and, and was involved in the industry for a long time. There aren't many UFCs that I buy anymore. Like, I just don't, I, I uh, if I don't know the people, like I don't have a personal relationship with them or I find a particular matchup intriguing, I don't really buy them anymore. But when I was in it, I, like if I wasn't at the event, which I was at the event, like, 30 40% right. of the time then I would be buying it. It was yeah. like a, a big part of my life and now I'm like I don't know these guys. Yeah. Like I feel like there's more athletes now and back back in the day they were fighters. What I mean by that is like they were dudes that like mm -hmm. you know they worked construction and then fought. Mm -hmm. They were firefighters and then fought. They were fighting cuz they loved fighting. Whereas now it's like it's a it's a thing that people train from the they, time they're from, little yeah. and yeah they they they're they're you know their life is to become a professional yeah and fighter. it's just less they're less exciting yeah because back then in the in the early days it was like bar fighters yeah but what they, they, I don't mean that early like I don't I, I wasn't <laughs> at, like I, I wasn't as, well I'm a little bit older than you Nick <laughs> no no but like you, no I mean listen I watched UFC one and and uh, you know that was a big deal because essentially to me it was like okay this. This guy says he's doing jujitsu, but he's it looks like judo to me because it, it is because it is, uh, you know, I was like, cool. This kind of ratifies all the stuff that I've been doing my whole life because because prior to UFC, all the dudes that did like taekwondo and karate would tell us like grapplers, like your stuff, you know, will kill you in a fight kind of thing. Right. And we'd be like, man, I don't think so. I think like I'll throw you to the ground and you won't be able to do anything. But that was, you know, this was the constant like kid debate right. back, back in the eighties, you know? So then UFC comes out and it was like, thank you. 
Yeah. You know, uh, these grappling skills do mean something. So that was cool. But then there was like a level, you know, that first one was set up to make Hoist Gracie look good. It was a bunch of people that had no skill in grappling with the exception of, you know, Ken Shamrock. So who's the only guy that gave him a run, you know? So once shortly thereafter, I mean, he won the hoist, won the first one, the second one, and I think the fifth one or something. But like shortly thereafter, a bunch of other people started winning with different disciplines. Wrestling discipline right. started started doing well very quickly. Mm -hmm. But there was a period of time where it was a happy medium. Yeah. Maybe or like people were skilled, but they also were. No. It, so for me, it was less about that. There were there were real skills, but there were people that had life experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, when yeah. you were talking to fighters, it was super interesting. Yeah. Like some of these people were like, oh, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. It's like, you're yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. Like one of Nick's or uh, one of Tim Kennedy's uh, first Strike Force opponents was this guy, Nick the Goat Thompson. He was an attorney. <laughs> so like, like, like talking to him was super interesting. It was like, yeah. this was his hobby. Yeah. Oh, you know? really? He yeah. Yeah, and he's on the world stage. You know, he's <laughs> he's getting paid, you know, yeah. real money. But like, yeah. but like, what he was getting paid in fighting paled in comparison yeah. to what he was making as an attorney. And yeah. you know, like, people own properties. And whereas now it's personal like injury. These so these in the beginning, because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, these weren't people that trained every day simply to be a fighter. These were people that had real lives and real. Yeah. Like they were wow. got they were they were guys like me but younger. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, I do this. And then it was like, oh, I'm the best in my gym and this is really fun. So I'm gonna go do this smoker. Oh, I beat everybody. So I'm gonna, oh, there's a there's a thing called King of the Cage. Like I'll, you know, and they're paying, you know, five grand if you win. Like I'm gonna go, you know, yeah. I'm gonna go fight. 12 people over the course <laughs> of yeah. three days. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, some like back then. You know, like Tim, Tim would do tournaments where he had to fight three times in a night. It was a different. Wow. It was a different yeah. time period. More or less violent then? More violent then. Now it's like, I mean, these guys now are, are highly skilled. They have more skill. Right. Than the guys back in the day. Right. You know, As sports, every sports always evolved oh, that way. But, right. Like, yeah, but it, it's like, you know, would, I mean, I remember you know, the Lakers versus the Celtics. Like, oh, man. like it was like the yeah. whole, the whole world cared. Yeah. Whereas like, I don't watch the NBA yeah. anymore. And, and I've never, it's obviously look at me. I've never been a basketball player, yeah. but I used to watch the NBA. Yeah. I don't watch it now. Like I know people do. Well, it's know? like the three point shooting now is, is, is be obviously better than it's ever been. The, the range kids are coming up now, you know, it used to be big guys didn't shoot, weren't taught to shoot or dribble coming never up. Never shot outside yeah, of now the Now seven ever. footers are shooting 30 footers, you know? So, but it's not as fun to watch, even yeah. though the skill is a thousand, you know, Bob Cousy, if he walked on a court, <laughs> it would look at like, what is going, these are aliens, you know, like Kevin Durant's seven feet tall doing it, but it's not as fun to watch because the game is, it's threes and dunks, you know, it's, it's not as gritty. It's uh, so yeah. It's I not understand. as gritty. Yeah. It's definitely not as yeah. gritty. Like you don't see too many basketball fights anymore. No. And even the fouls they called, you know, don't get me started on this, but it's yeah. just, it's so ticky tack. And Whereas it's, like the Bill Lambeer, you know, yeah. like Kurt Rambis, <laughs> Kurt Rambis. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so it's just a, di it's a different sport and no, no, like I'm not knocking the guys now. They're amazing. I mean, I, I just am less interested because 
they have the, you know, for the most part, they have kind of the same story. They're like, they've been training forever. I'm the best. I'm willing to die out there. You yeah. hear the same stuff yeah. over and over and yeah. over again. Zuckerberg or Musk, Nick Palmashano? We've we talked about this a lot. Uh, Musk, I don't think he's an idiot. So I don't think he would call out Zuckerberg <laughs> and be willing and be so willing ridiculous. to go forward with this if he knew nothing. Now he is he's obviously out of shape. So that that will have to be remedied. PEDs. Um, but the thing the, here's the thing about it. It all depends on when they do it. If Elon has secretly been training for years and actually knows some jujitsu, that's a huge advantage. If he hasn't been training at all, Zuck's only been training for like a year and a half or something. Like he's not good. So like they're they're at if if this fight is in six months, it's going to come down to who's the better natural athlete. I wonder if it's going to end up just looking like one of those celebrity fights where just wailing, uh, you know what I mean? No, or it's, it's going to look. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm going to watch. By the way, it's, I'm not it's going that. to be terrible because yeah. here's the thing, man. Like like I have I have been fighting since '87. And I, I started boxing when I was in college and, you know, like I still box a little bit, like just, you know, and I'm terrible. I'm not trying to pretend like, but, but like, I have the ability to hit, you know, and I think of myself at like, oh, I'm fast and I'm this on that. And then when I see like films of myself hitting the bag or whatever, yeah. I'm like, oh God, I'm, yeah. I'm so slow. And yeah. I'm so like, you, you, you know, cause you're a shell of what you were and you know you what you think you can do and that's a guy that's been like i i can hit i can hit things hard and yeah. pretty fast these are guys that like have never done this yeah if you if you're used to watching the ufc and then you put me in there yeah. i'm going to look like a circus clown these guys are going to look 10 times worse all right here's it's going to look terrible does it's like the the olympic thing that everyone always jokes about like every event would be better if you had one regular person that was, <laughs> that was you know like oh we're doing the we're doing the four by one and like the four of us here are like the the outer lane yeah. you know <laughs> how bad speak I for mean, yourself like, <laughs> kidding yeah it would make it would it, make you appreciate it would the make sport. yeah and so that's what i think these guys are going to do this is going to be the lowest level Amy fight ever headlining a UFC. Okay. So that being said, it might be hilarious. Do you, it, if they are headlining UFC, are they required to abide by USA DA? Like, yeah. are, okay. Are you, cause I could totally. Well, but here's the thing. See them. Here's the thing. Testosterone exemption. They may, you know, I could totally see Elon or, or both of them, you know, well, they they could just decide they don't care. They yeah. don't need. Yeah, the, exactly. The penalty is you yeah. lose money. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You can so, still fight. So yeah, I, I would if I were them. I mean, I'd be blasting tea, you know, getting ready for it. But that's, you'd be so, Bezosing it. So yeah, right uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so I would uh, I would assume that I would see I could see Musk going on tea or something. Well, or Musk is like isn't he older than me? How old is Elon Musk? He's I think like he's like fifty or something, right? Cam, how old is Elon Musk, buddy? While he looks that up, what was your worst boxing experience? You know what my worst box, boxing experience was. I've told you this story. I'll tell it again. I, I do, care. too. I heard it. That's why I asked. Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. one of the greatest stories yeah. ever. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Right. I was 14 and 1. I lost my first fight by a split decision. Where were you boxing? At West Point. And then I, I, uh, I had 14 victories in a row. Started to think I was a good boxer. Started to think I was... 
I had some stuff. And then I, uh, my last fight was against a kid who actually could box. He was a two-time Golden Gloves uh, winner and uh, out of New York City. Beat the absolute shit out of me. Like, it was... You know, he it was like we were in the Matrix. He was Neo and I was like the backup to the backup agent, you know, <laughs> like it must have looked like, <laughs> you know, so he hit me like a ton of times, um, like just over and over and over again. And then he, he hit me into the ropes and I bounced off the ropes and I came back really hard and I, I hit him with a right right in the face and it split his lip. And he backed up and he went like this and like looked at it, got a big smile on his face and then just teed off on me. Like I couldn't even see his hands. Like I just got, I was, anyway, at some point I got a concussion because I don't remember, I only remember bits and pieces of it or, or even at the time only remembered bits and pieces. I was out of it. And um, going into the, going into the third, at some point during that fight, I just thought it was like a real fight. Like my brain was like, you're going to die. And, um, I didn't realize I was in a boxing ring anymore. And there was just this guy hitting me. And uh, so I shot a double leg on him, picked, <laughs> picked him up, picked him up, uh, slammed him in the middle of the ring, got mount and was about to just start raining. I was like, like, what the fuck? I was dude? about to just start raining fists and elbows on him when the ref tackled me. <laughs> and I got disqualified. And That's then amazing. Uh, it took me about 20 minutes to kind of come to. And then like they told me what I did and like then it like I can still remember it. Right. But it's like right. a, it's like, a, you know, memories are typically more kind of this is like a picture like yeah. you kind of see yourself doing it. And I saw the video later, so I don't even know if it was like a memory or like if I've implanted it. Right. Because I was definitely con you can even see it on film. I was I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, the dude came over to me after and I was like, bro, I am so sorry. And he's like, hey, man, nothing to apologize for. That's the best double leg I've ever seen in a boxing <laughs> ring. And I was like, I'm serious, man. I'm so he was super cool, but he so, beat the shit out of me. But that, that's what's you. You had skill. I did. Everyone always thinks that they could fight boxers. Oh, they do a boxing workout at a you gym know, and, and they think they're immediately and, a boxer. And they can't, can they? I mean, a real, I mean, no. anybody with any kind of skill at all is going to kill you, right? Kill you. Yeah, because again, like I'm telling you that I am terrible. And even now as an old man, when I move around with people that don't know how to box, it's like you, you can see where the punches are coming because they, they non-box, they carry their shoulders here. They think it's arm punches. So when they go to punch, they do this and they, like, they actually like bring their arm back. So you have infinite time to avoid it. Infinite. Like it's so slow if you know how to do it. Whereas boxers are relaxed and the punches come right from where you are. Yeah. There's no warning. There's no warning. <laughs> you know, what's interesting talking about concussions is it's, it's always fascinating to me is like, you know, you, NFL Sunday, a player goes down and they have like, you know, Tua Tagovailoa had that fencing response, you know, last year. And it was like this whole week long discussion about should he even ever play again? They should, you know, they should make him retire for his own good. And like, you know, all this stuff. Look, CTE is a real thing and it's, it's yeah. awful. But every Saturday there's concussions all over the UFC. We don't say a word about it. You know, it's like, it's just so funny how we look, we look at concussions so differently in these two sports. It's like, how could, you know, Roger Goodell is, is evil because 
concussions happen when you play football. Well, no, you know, Ro- it, no, no. So the big thing about the NFL, the reason the that- medicals. Well, it's because they hid it. They had data. Yes, that, yes. And they, then they pretended right. that- And they well, pretended true, they true, did yes. So like- True, yeah. but, but, and, you know, but, but just in general, like, it's just funny how it's, you know, people- uh, and UFC, they get knocked out. It's like, oh, that's sick. You know, someone on football field, we're, we're, you know, clutching our pearls. And it's just such a, such a different mentality. Concussions obviously aren't good for your head either way. But well, but also, like, I'm older. So, like, when I grew up, it was like, oh, you got get back con- in there. You got a concussion. It was, it's like walking off. You got off. dinged up. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, no kid. It was yeah. walking off. Yeah. You're going in. Yeah. Yeah. Take, a co- take a couple plays off and then get back in. I mean, yeah. literally. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, yeah. that's what it was yeah. like in, on the football which field. Is, like, which you know, is, shake it, shake it off. Not back good. In there. Yeah. But it, it's just, it's just funny how, you know, oh, yeah. different sports. I had a headache for a week after that fight. Oh. Yeah. A week. I mean, so you know, like you know. Yeah, I had a buddy who played played uh, running back for the Giants, and he like I don't even think he got diagnosed or anything, but he um, he got hit in practice. Then the next day, he missed the team plane, and they were like, "Where Where is Andre?" They went to his uh, his apartment. He was just in the closet, asleep, just in the dark. Mm. Didn't know. Had no idea what yeah. day it was yep. or anything. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. I'm going to pick uh, Zuckerberg because I think he's a cheater. And I think he's uh, he'll take this seriously. And I think that he will really, because I think that he can't stand humiliation. You know, when you've seen him in his testimony and his stuff, he's so, you know, proud oh. of everything he is. I mean, I think they're both. It's going to be yeah. horrible. You but I think, I think Zuckerberg's going to win be. as much as I hate to say it. You have to be so, where they're at. You know, I think um, it's so tough because I think I think no PEDs. I think Zuckerberg is younger, looks more athletic to me. But I think if uh, I don't know, you know, testosterone and like EPO are hell of drugs. Uh, so you seem to be quite knowledgeable about this. Information, well, I just man. think a lot more people are on them than we realize. And, so uh, I'm I'm going to go Musk. And here's why. Last week we talked about this and I was I was leaning Zuckerberg, but. Musk is training already. Like we've seen, we've now seen pictures of him training. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's the date of UFC 300? It's 290 July 8th, I think is two. So we probably so have like a year. It's going to be a while. If these guys have a year. But can they, Musk keep focused hold for on, a year? Hold on, let me. So Musk is GSP volunteered to train him. <laughs> oh, and this is great. March 2024. Okay. This is going to be great. So we got time. The so, build up. so GSP volunteered to train him. Alleged, alleged, allegedly, Musk has said yes. Now, Musk is in Austin, and GSP comes to Austin often to train with Donaher. John uh, Donaher is, uh, you know, like a legend trainer. Basically, everybody that's good. Yeah. Right. Well, that's if he, if GSP, if, if they're coming to Austin, guess which group that is? That's Tim Kennedy, that's Gordon Ryan. That's that whole group wow. of assassins. Wow. So Elon Musk is going to be training with essentially all of my friends, the best trainer on the planet in Donaher, and he's bigger. He is bigger. Now, Zuckerberg's younger, so that does matter. Like, that affects the chin. You know, like, that's one of those things. It's like... <laughs> I love how we're analyzing this. I just for a second, I just remembered who we were talking about for a second. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, like chin goes away. Like there's two ways your chin goes away. One is like just reps, like the, you know, the more hits you take, the yeah. fewer hits you can take. Yeah. 
neither of these guys have taken hits. Have so I think we're I think gym, we're good probably. there. I think yeah. we're I think we're fine there. I don't think either of them's been. I think plenty of people face. have wanted to punch him, but I don't think they've been. <laughs> so I think we're good there. But uh, you know, getting older makes it easier to get. You know. Are they doing a catch weight, or is there? A, are they just throwing out? We the don't weights? have we don't have any details okay. right now. Right. But I mean, right. I'm thinking Musk right now is you know they they said 180, but I think he's like 235. Oh, there's no way he's 180. You know, I say 200. And there's two, no way 220. No, that's not possible. No, I've, I mean, well, it depends on how tall he is. If he, I guess we didn't we read six one? Yeah, he's probably 230 then. Yeah. So Zuckerberg's like 165. Well, we've seen Musk's hair. How it made such a big resurgence. So, there so is, I, I think he's going to be ripped. When they are, they are going to have to find a weight that is acceptable. Right. And so, like, realistically, where can Musk get to at 6'1? I'm thinking Two, 180. 180. 180. So, it's pro this fight's probably at 180. 180. You think they're going to be strict on the, on the weight? But oh, Zuckerberg I mean, has a lot more ability, probably, to put on some muscle. And get and be at the weight where Musk yeah, has got to lose weight. But adding muscle is not super helpful in a fight. Damn it! I don't know anything about fighting. No, I mean, like it, totally obviously it's it, helpful, right? If you have a choice between muscle and no muscle, you want muscle. But you would rather you would rather be like a Dan build where he's lean and you know he's muscular, but he's not like a bodybuilder. You know, you'd rather have that than have somebody that's yoked. Like right. those yoked guys get tired fat. The more muscle you have, the more you have to. Uh, you got to feed it with energy. And so you're talking, you know, if you're talking about five minute rounds, three, five minute round, 15 minutes of fighting is a lot of fighting. People have no idea. Like people do 30 seconds of fighting and they're exhausted. Yeah. You know, so like being yoked isn't. Yeah, I remember help. the one time I did uh, do some boxing 20 seconds into the second round. Yeah. I could, oh, yeah. I, could, I could, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you're a big dude too, so yeah. that makes it even you know. make it even worse. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're really dragging on. Yeah. We're, okay. We'll be we're quick. Just, we're kind of like just. We are trend setting today because when this event goes down, people are going to come back and they're, they're going to say take, they're going to take they're this gonna, interview. They're going to say this analysis was the only was, good analysis. Yes. That's exactly right. And and we're going to be worldwide viral that's on right. every Cormier, show. Rogan. Yeah. What do they What do they know about Paul Machano, Hurd, and Mercer? That's yeah. right. They called it first. Back in June of 2023, I didn't even make a pick. I'll get Musk. Okay, good. I'm all alone. Yeah, I just want to go against you. As usual. <laughs> Are you ready to Julius Caesar your morning? Warpath Coffee is just for you then. No matter if your morning consists of fighting Blackbeard's crew, squaring off with the alien from Alien, defending Gotham, or maybe just going to work as an accountant, Warpath Coffee has you covered. Creating the best gourmet coffee is what they do. So why settle for anything less than that? Did I mention that all orders over $60 in the U.S. come with free shipping? Well, I guess I just did. <laughs> mention it, and I'm glad I did, because if you do the math on this, you could order your entire year's worth of coffee and not have to pay for shipping. I'm just saying. Visit warpath.coffee. All right, um... I guess this better be good, Dan. Bring it home. It's it's we've only given you, know, you like five hours to prepare. The, the only the only reason I didn't want to do this topic is it's kind of just like low too close to home. <laughs> too close to home, Dan. No, it's just low hanging fruit. It's such like a topic that's been over talked about. But we were having the conversation uh, about medical and recreational 
marijuana earlier because it started that North Carolina is legalizing gambling next yep. year. But um, they are one of the four or five states where marijuana is completely illegal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Hollywood. So we're legalizing gambling. I don't even know. We're le yeah. legalizing gambling statewide, like not just in specific locations. Uh, yep. Online gambling, like DraftKings, FanDuel, all that stuff. But what about like casinos and stuff? Um, look I it up, Cam. Yeah, look that, look that up. I don't know if it's just online, but like, you know, DraftKings is like a sports book on your phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy what they're doing with gambling. I mean, the, you know, the NBA and NFL is just like seen how much money get you know the industry and they're like we got to get a piece of that well that's what always happens yeah so like this is it's never for the betterment of society no because this no, no, will no. not be good for people no no it's gonna be really bad for. and some like the, dude the live in-game betting i mean it's like the crack of betting you know yeah. you're at the arena you bet on one team they're losing it's like all right what's the new spread let me go you know it's there's gonna be kiosk in the arena yeah it's crazy um but we're talking but about that, marijuana. That got us on to, to marijuana. So Hollywood, you know, you said that you were for medical, hundred percent against recreational. Um, I did not say that. I actually okay. said I'm for medical because I think it's a much better alternative than opioids, and especially for traumatic brain injury sure. and, and and PTS and you know those kind of things. Why um, not recreational though? I didn't say that. I'm about to tell you what I feel about it. Okay, tell you, me. It's your subject, and you're making me talk about it. I am not up on all the scientific qualities of marijuana now that there's, you know, now that it's being treated like uh, a scientific thing. You know, they can take the THC out, put the yeah, THC yeah, in. Yeah. It's, it's totally different. Yeah. My experiences from people that I have worked with in the past is that if they did, if they smoke marijuana all day, brain cells were being killed constantly. They had bad memory. They had bad motivation. They, yeah. and, and, and that is yeah. just, that, that has been, that's my personal right. experience. Drinking alcohol. I, my, my or, thing is, I, I didn't say that alcohol doesn't do the same thing. Yeah. But my personal experience with, with marijuana on a recreational um, level has been that. Yeah. And right. I'm happy to be educated that yeah. it's not like that. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I certainly think there, you know, there's a small percentage of people who can smoke weed all day and be motivated and energetic. That's not me. Why are you smiling, Dan? <laughs> oh, it's not you. Okay. It's that's not, not you. it's not me. I, I do not smoke weed anymore. I used to be a, a, a smoker. I'm not anymore, but you know, as it's, it's like, um, out of all the illicit substances, you know, or or legal substances, marijuana is it physically is the least bad for you. I mean, alcohol kill can you know kills you. Um, no pills, one's ever died smoking marijuana. People don't die smoking marijuana. People don't get in fights smoking marijuana. People they crash cars though. Yeah, um, but the the negative the side effects of alcohol to me are much worse. Than, than marijuana. And I mean, it's, it is scientifically proven physically, you know, the gateway drug thing. I think, I think when I was in high school, marijuana was a gateway drug because you smoked that and you realize, oh, this isn't a big deal. And cocaine can't be so bad. Right. Okay. But that's because it's lit. That's because it was a drug. It was illegal. You know, it was taboo. I think if you make marijuana legal, like alcohol, you know, if you grow up and marijuana is accepted, then it's not, it's not in that drug category. You know, it be, it doesn't, it's not a gateway drug anymore because, you know, as far as like a real gateway drug, people don't smoke marijuana and then say, man, I need some Coke, but people drink and say, man, I need some Coke. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think if you legalize recreational marijuana, I think it 
ceases to be a, a, a gateway drug the way, the way it was when we were growing up personally. Um, and I just don't see how you can have alcohol be legal with all the side effects and, um, the negative consequences and, and not have marijuana be legal. But that's my take. What are your thoughts? So I, I don't think we've ever successfully stopped anybody from doing drugs, period. Yeah. You know, I don't think like, you know, so if you, you know, you want to talk about all the problems we have on the border, all the drug running, I mean, literally armed platoons of drug runners coming across the border, you know, tunnels being built, all that goes away if drugs are legal, you know? Um, and so then, then the next question is like, you know, but what about the impact of having drugs? How many more people will die? Yeah. Whatever. Well, like, when does the point of responsibility come into play? Well, this is this is where I'm at too. So, so I'm a maximum Darwin theory, bro. Like we all know. I mean, like there is no person on planet Earth that doesn't know that if you if you start meth, if you start heroin, if you start opioid, like shit's probably going to go south for you. You're going to you're going to be in a bad spot. Now, it's not that I don't have empathy for people, but at the same time, like you know, if if I get drunk and get in a car and kill someone, no one feels bad for me. You know what I'm saying? So no, like to exactly. me to me it's like listen, do whatever listen and again, this is me. This is just my personal viewpoint and I don't know in you know, in practice how this works out cuz you know, there are countries that do something similar to this that are effective. And there are countries that do something similar to this that are where things got exponentially worse. Yeah. So I don't know what the variables are that make it so. But as like a general concept, I think that people should be able to do whatever they want, including do things that are going to kill them. But, you know, the second they cross the line and it affects other people, there should be no, like, we should not be going easy on them. So like, you smoke pot and you kill someone in a car like, hey, man, like that to me, it goes from, you know, manslaughter to murder. Same thing with alcohol. Yeah. Same thing with cocaine. You know, oh, uh, you know, I raped this person, but it, it was because I was on meth. Like, hey, I don't oh, give, yeah. I don't give yeah, a like, no. I don't care. Not only like do I think that you get in trouble for that, but I think the fact that you took something that you knew was going to do this to you ups the ante. Yeah, the legalization of it so takes I, away you saying, oh, I was a victim. Well, no, I, I actually think like it's a package deal. Like, hey, yeah, we'll legalize this stuff. But, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You do these things that alter your mind. You know that the risk of doing damage to other people is higher. So if these things are combined, we jump at one charge. I agree. If it was manslaughter, it's now second degree murder. If it was second degree murder, it's now first degree murder. Like I would I would stick and carrot it. So it's like, yeah, it's not a, oh, I was under the influence. Yeah. I didn't know. It. Well, well, sorry, you chose. That yeah, was your choice. Yeah, because we kind of like do this thing where it's like, well, he was drunk. She was drunk. She was high. So it, it's not really her. Like, hey, guess what? Like, you don't have to do these things. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. As far as, you know, as far as addiction goes, and and I'm not talking about getting in a car and killing someone or or doing something like that, you know, I, I, I personally, I think addiction is a disease. And, um, I think anyone who is an addict who is sober and who has gone through the work will tell you that will not blame their actions. You know, someone who's actually done the work will, will accept, 
you know, part of doing the work is, is looking at yourself and, and every, you know, wrong that's been done to you actually realizing why, why it happened and it, like realizing your fault in it. Like that's part of the work is realizing like, oh, I was actually the asshole in all these situations. So I think people who actually do the work realize that, you know, when I got in that car or, or when I did this, like yeah. that was, that was on me, you know? Um, yeah. Like, like but I still think that it should be punitive, you know, like, yes. um, so and it's, it's on people to like, adjust so like you know i was a pretty good you know like i was a pretty good drinker for years when i got divorced i started drinking too much and i started being an asshole to people yeah. i really liked yeah every time i was drunk and then people would go, oh he was drunk or whatever and but there were like enough iterations of that over like a three-month period where i was like hey you know what i need to not do right now drink yeah so i stopped drinking yeah and then you know like when i mentally got healthy again I was like, all right, I'm going to reintroduce this variable, but like, we're going to see how it goes. Yeah. And I just kind of made this rule. Like, I'm only going to drink when I'm happy, when things are going well. If things are going poorly, whether it's relationships, business, whatever, I don't drink. Now, I do Period. believe there are people who who cannot, I, I believe there are true addicts who, if you ask them why they use or why they drink, they cannot tell you. Yeah. The real answer is, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. can't help myself. And I think that we need to, I'm not saying we don't send these people you know, to prison if they commit crimes, but we do need to make, um, help available, readily available. You know, we need to, um, you know, AA tries to take but, meetings. But you don't, you don't think stuff. it's readily available? Um, I, I do. Um, I think that I, I do think it's ready available. I don't think that sometimes, um, like, because we have it enough in prisons and it's like like that. I don't know. I haven't been to prison, but I'll just I'll we just need more say, AA and stuff. I don't know a single former addict. And I know a, I know a few. I don't yeah. know a, sing, a single former addict that didn't essentially need to hit rock bottom to stop. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like families that help essentially enable know, enable. Yeah, for sure. You know, which has to be soul crushing, you know, yeah. and I, you know, knock on wood, like I really hope you know, my kids never end up in a situation yeah. like that. I know like, and I'm not a person that thinks it, like it can't happen to anyone, Yeah. you know, but I mean, like, it, you know, if you're so inclined, you're so inclined. Yeah. No, I think you're born with the, with the addiction gene. I really do. Um, but I think AA is becoming more, ex, you know, accessible and more, uh, acceptable. And so, um, anyway, yeah. marijuana, yeah. Yeah. Here's nay. something that's crazy Yay. for me though about marijuana. Uh, the eyes like have the federal government. It's still associated with heroin and cocaine. Mm -hmm. That's the federal government classification, which is ridiculous. States pass laws that make um, medical marijuana illegal. Some states, you know, have mar marijuana is legal all over the board. Banks in some states will not allow businesses where medical marijuana is legal. They will not take their mm -hmm. business because yep. they're yep. still under a federal mandate yep. where the federal man feds can come in. So that's ludicrous to me. We need to figure we need to figure that out. And, it, you know, and I don't even know. What do you think? And, and states have voted for medical marijuana to pass and then they've been overruled by the courts, you know. And so what's the path there for the federal government to get into the same position as the state government. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I think if it's the will of the people universally, I think it's like 60, 70 percent of the country thinks that marijuana right. should be legal. Right. You know, and and I think like, like I said, I think it I think it should be. Yeah. There's there's no. But I do think, again, that comes with because there are, I know a lot more people that are very comfortable smoking and getting in a car 
than I do people that are willing to drink and get in a car. I agree sure. Because there's this belief that it doesn't affect you. And like it it slows your reaction. It like it does all kinds of things that are not good. So so I think that if pot becomes legal, like we need to have some methodology, you know, to penalize people specifically in driving. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no there's no room for that. Yeah. But anyway, I do vote, you know, if I were to vote, I would say pot should be legal. Marijuana should be legal nationwide. That's my and vote. I think, That's I, my vote. And I think you guys do as well. We've All got right. Him. And on that, have it. and on that note, a long and winding road today on the wrap. We long talked and winding road that leads to your door. It has been a quasi pleasure being with these gentlemen, and a certain pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week.